Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. G'day, welcome to On The Mic. Today, one of the greatest All Blacks of all time, the Maori Rugby Player of the Year, All Black number 1043. He does leadership clinics. He's a rugby education ambassador. He's a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Rico Gia. Corona bump. Here we go. I can't reach it with my elbow. <laughs> Mate, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Not too bad. Good to see you. Good to be here. Good to see you in the flesh. Normally, I'm just watching you from the stadium <laughs> or watching you on TV. I uh, saw the light and uh, came over to Australia. Yeah, you did. You're living on the Gold Coast now. Your yep, beautiful been, little family. Yep, been out a couple of years, so now really enjoying it. Oh, that's cool, man. Well, a lot I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about your incredible career as an All Black, playing all over the world, playing in Japan, playing in the Commonwealth Games, uh, what you're doing now after the, the All Blacks. Uh, you've got a few exciting things lined up. Um, also, uh, want to talk to you about uh, you know training. You, you're training some uh, some kids teams and and a lot of work that you're doing uh, with with drills and and uh, like you, you're starting to become world renowned for some of those little programs that you're creating. And I hear there might even be an app in the works, which is really exciting. Yeah, no, 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 it is. Um, you know, I think obviously the time we're in at the moment, you know, there's quite a lot going on, but. Um, there's certainly opportunities there as well and, and, and you know, looking at, at doing things for other people. And uh, so it is exciting, mm. you know, with, with lots ahead with the app and stuff. So, mate, what was it like to be an All Black? <sighs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you grow up, just, you know, because in New Zealand, it's our number one sport. So to be fair, you can't really get away from it. Yeah. Um, you know, so every opportunity there for us to, to achieve that. Um, but it's, it is something that I always wanted to be, you know, growing up. Uh, from a young age, uh, brought up obviously in the game from about the age of six, and but also rugby league was a big part of my life as well growing up. So, so growing up, you had All Blacks posters on the walls. Uh, you followed rugby league as well. Uh, what was it like when you finally got told that you are going to be an All Black? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you can't really prepare for that for that moment, but it's it's certainly something that I I remember very very clearly. Um, I was playing a game of club rugby uh, at the time um, over in North Harbour, just north of Auckland there, and the All Black coach come to watch me play. Dropped the ball, first kickoff, um, <laughs> oh, right no. in front of the coach. That so wasn't a good start. <laughs> Were you nervous? Oh, I was a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, having Graham Henry there, the great All Black coach and yeah. British Lions coach there. he uh, But got through the game fine, and then he, he walks up to me afterwards and you know, congratulated me on, on getting through the game. I was, I was sort of getting over an injury. Hmm. And then um, he just said to me, mate, we, we go into camp on the Wednesday. I uh, look forward to seeing you there. So what'd you do? Uh, no, I, I, you know, it was pretty speechless. Who's the first person you told? I told my teammates um, that I walked off the field with a win straight into the changing room and, and just sort of announced it to the to the boys there. Hey boys, guess what? Got some good news. Oh, th <laughs> they were stoked because they, you know, th these guys are just, you know, they're laborers, they're builders, they're, they're not professional players. Hmm. Um, so to be able to share that news with them, yeah. you know, they were able to share in my excitement. What, so it was what was great. that team? Um, Helensville, um, or Helensville, sorry. 
it's uh, it's it's a it's a country club uh, north of Auckland. And and how long was Graham Henry your coach for? Oh, he was the coach the whole time I was there. Mm. So that was for four years. Um, and I think Graham, I think Graham did twelve years total. Mm. And what about when he bumped you? Did you hold it against him? Because that was it was quite a contentious issue. Because you were playing quite well. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, when I when I look at it, you know. At some stage, you're going to leave the All Blacks, hmm. whether it's on good terms or not good terms. <laughs> and most of the time, it's not on good terms because somebody takes your place. Yeah. But that's the reality of, of being an All Black, hmm. and you just got to deal with it and move on. Um, so I bug it off overseas. <laughs> oh, straight to Japan? I actually went to the UK for three seasons. Okay. And then to Japan. Yeah, wow. So what did you prefer, UK or Japan? Uh, I preferred uh, Japan. Purely the type of rugby, the style of rugby is very different. Yeah. Um, it's a very fast game. Um you know, the conditions are perfect in Japan, so it allowed for my position to be, I could express myself more. Yeah, well. um, the game in the UK is obviously a lot slower, a lot more physical, hmm. so very different. Where'd you like living? Uh, oh, I love Japan. Yeah. yeah. What do you love about Japan? Sushi. Yeah, sushi every day, hmm. uh, lunch you're, and dinner. You're in Osaka? Yes. Did you go to American Mura? Yeah, I did. You know, it's that little part of town. Where it's, it's all like American. Very American influenced. And, yeah. and all the little Japanese kids, they, they dress up and they get in their cars and they got these black lights on and they play the music loud and they dance around. And you can stand yeah. on the street. It's like an Easter parade but with, with little hipster Japanese dudes going around and around. And so oh, around. it is. You know, you see them there with their baggy jeans and yeah. hoodies and caps <laughs> and they, they absolutely love it. But, but you know, another great experience, you know, being in Osaka. Um, Osaka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you speak any Japanese? Chotodake. Chotodake, what's that mean? Just a little bit. Of course I do. Oh, totally a little bit. Chotodake. Oh, okay, cool. Mm. Hey, order some food right now. Hayogazayamas. Uh, yeah, that's hello. So ordering some <laughs> food. Or what, or what about beer? Ordering beer. Beer. Uh, ichi. Uh, what do you call it? What's the Japanese beer? <laughs> Biru. Ichikirin? Yeah, Ichikirin. Yeah, one, one you can get away with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, ichikirin. Uh, arigato gozaimasu. Yeah, or onigashimasu, please. Yeah. Welcome to the Japanese Rugby Channel. My name is Mike, <laughs> speaking to Rico Gear. Um, and it's quite lucrative to go over there and play in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got big companies uh, with the likes that we're all familiar with, Mitsubishi, Honda, Toyota, Coca-Cola. They've all got rugby teams. So, oh, the brands have rugby the brand, teams. Yeah, so it's all company-based teams. Oh, wow, that's different. Um, Kieran the beer, uh, but it's Suntory, so mm. so they've got their own rugby team. Wow! So that's why you find a lot of, uh, particularly a lot of Aussie boys and, and, and New mm. Zealanders are up there, you know, playing in these teams. You'd rather be playing for the beer team as opposed to like the, um, you know, the denture team or the um, steel uh, manufacturing the, team, the male diaper team. Or <laughs> 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 Were there any shit sponsors like that? Uh, they're all pretty good, to be fair. Toshiba, yeah. Panasonic, yeah. so. There's a lot, a lot of benefits there. All, all good brands. So what would you say was your career highlight? I guess it would be with the All Blacks. Uh, one in particular that I remember was when you were playing against Wales and scored three tries. That's yeah. pretty epic. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think my first game for the All Blacks is always, you know, one of the most memorable because mm. uh, you spend your whole life trying to get to that point. Yeah. Um, but, but certainly a, a favourite moment. Yeah, definitely scoring three tries at the Millennium Stadium uh, yeah. in Cardiff. Uh, it's, I don't know if you've been, you know, if you've seen that stadium or been to, but they can close the roof, mm. and they have, you know, seventy thousand, seventy thousand indoors. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Supporters in there just singing, and it's a fantastic. They, venue. they sing non-stop, don't oh. they? Until we score a few tries, so we know that if we can get up early, we can keep them quiet. But and that, that shuts them up, doesn't it? That's it. 
Yeah, wow, cool. Um, so what would be uh, one of your favourite matches that you remember where, uh, you know, obviously the All Blacks had such an incredible winning streak back then. Well, what was the, one of the, the hardest games that you, you ever fought that you, you got through to the end and you won? Uh, was Australia the toughest team? They're all tough in, in their own in their own right, mm. and again, they're, they're tough in different ways. Um, you know, when particularly when we play Australia, you know, we talk about the Bledisloe Cup, um, and at the time, or even to today, New Zealand, we've held it for a very long time. So we know that when we play Australia for that, it's always going to be a tough game because they're just trying to take it off us. So, you know, that adds another element to the to the battle. Um, and I guess South Africa is the other side that are probably our biggest rival. Um, you know, a little bit like New Zealanders, it's their number one sport. They're born and bred on it. You know, they're crazy about it, patriotic. So playing the South Africans, um, and they're big, as you know, they're huge men. Mm. So so always a very difficult challenge. Mm. Where'd you get heckled the most? Uh, probably Australia. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like that Kiwi-Australian rivalry, is there? No, they're, they're not shy on the sidelines, are they? The supporters. Um, mm. I've heard it all out here, but... Did it ever put you off? Nah, not at all. Mm. Not at all. I, You know, I, I actually enjoyed that side of it because, again, mm. it just adds another pressure element to it. And, you know, you, you don't want it to be easy. So mm. that's the whole point of it all. It's, it probably sucked you up. Yeah, you know, it motivates you. And, mm. But but you get to a point where you, you don't really notice the crowd because mm. you're you know, so focused on your own job and, mm. and what you need to do on the field. Speaking of getting motivated and pumped up, tell me about the haka. How does that motivate you for the game? Does that help or is that just all a song and dance routine? Um, yeah, I guess it helps, but it's not going to you know, determine the way we play the game. Um, it's actually a lot deeper than that. It's actually just more about what goes on behind the scenes in relation to what the haka means to the All Blacks. Mm. Um, and that's probably something we've had over our rivals is we use the haka as, I guess, a connection tool to to the land of New Zealand, to our people. Um, and it's traditional, mm. so so very big on tradition. That's another mm. part of it. Mm. You know, it's been there for 100 years, so, you know, carrying on that, that tradition. And the All Blacks have always been, I think, very forward-thinking in that space um, around, you know, what's been before us, what kind of legacy do we leave, mm. How do we leave it in a better place when we move on? Mm. So they're very, very thorough in, 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 a lot of, in that sort of area. What are the words saying? Is it something about bringing your ancestors out of the ground to help you fight a battle? Yep, yep. So so there's two all-black huckers now. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had the original one, um, which was Kamate, which we've all seen. Mm. Um, and then, I think it was 2005, we introduced a new hucker. Um, through through a good man, Derek Lardelli. He actually did my artwork, so he oh, he he composed the new haka. How does how does that work? Like, do you have a, a a dance session where you're all practicing it and go, "Hey guys, why don't we try this? Two this way, one that way. I think it'll look awesome." Is, do you yeah, just it's a bit do, like it's it's, it? it's the original. That's where TikTok originated. So, um, we're, we're going to claim that original TikTok was the haka. <laughs> um, so we obviously. Uh, Derek had a relationship with with the All Black coaches already, and, yeah. and I knew him, so we got him in, um, and we just had a number of training sessions. To, um, <clears throat> but the the really cool thing about the new hucker for the All Blacks was that the old hucker, the players felt it didn't relate um, to the All Black jersey and what we wanted to achieve and all the rest of it. Mm. We just did it because it was traditional to do. Mm. 
Um, but you need to modernise it. Yeah, well, just we just wanted to make something a little more specific for mm. what the All Black brand and, 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 and the players and the jersey is all about. And the original haka didn't reflect that. Mm. So we created this new haka, um, but it actually come from within. It, it was actually uh, driven from within the team. Uh, and I know Richie McCall was at the front of that. Um, so he 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 um, certainly planted that seed and it, and it grew from there. Mm. Um, so an initiative from within, which was great. What was it like for you leading the haka? Because you led it in a lot of games for the All Blacks. Is that a, a different feeling to just, just doing it as a part of the team? And, and does that signify like the, the leader, the warrior? I mean, you weren't the captain, but are you the uh, second in charge or something? What, what does that mean to be doing that? Yeah, obviously the haka is a traditional Māori war dance. So, you know, with me being uh, a New Zealand Māori um, and, and someone who you know, very proud of my culture and where I come from and, and connection to the culture. Um, I was given the opportunity, which was which was awesome. Uh, and, and I think it's funny, though, because what was more awesome for me was actually my mates telling me how awesome it was. Yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, I still felt very privileged and proud. Hmm. Um, but I grew up, well, I grew up, a lot of my friends were profish, uh, professional performers hmm. in dance and, oh, wow. and, and haka and oh, performance. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so for them, that's the ultimate. Um, so tying that together, yeah. you know, mate, it was really nice feeling that I could share that with them as well. Yeah, amazing. Mm. What do you think when uh, they they've done it in some of the indigenous games in Australia, where they've sort of made up their own version of that? Did you think that was good, or you said, "Come on, they're just trying to copy New Zealand"? No, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, right. Okay. I saw it. I think for the first time last year, but I saw it in rugby league where the Indigenous boys played the New Zealand Māori side. Mm. I think Greg Inglis was at the front of it. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen in yeah. terms of traditional um, haka, mm. both sides. Uh, you could just see how deep that sort of ran for, for both sides. I think it meant a lot to them when they were doing it as oh, well. I, I got goosebumps thinking yeah, about that, it Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and Greg I, Inglis was standing up and they're all around oh, him. And yeah. the look on his face is like ready yeah. for battle. And and just and again, just, just that real connection to, to the culture and... And, and and where their people have come from and and here we are today you know expressing our mm. culture on a, on a you know national international level mm. so do, do for me people, watching it's great do you think people are, are more open to that now and and more interested in in finding out about indigenous cultures like uh, there's a book I was reading recently called dark emu and it's it's about a lot of the uh, indigenous cultures in Australia and a lot of things that we weren't taught in schools because it was blocked out by the first fleet and you know the British that came out here didn't yep. didn't want us to know certain things about Aboriginal culture because they were you know they had aquaculture and they had proper farming and storage and uh and some of the, the stories that that we never knew are now coming out um and do you, what do you think about that and and is that happening in new zealand as well yeah so uh, like from an australian point of view i mean it's great because you share the land you know you you, you share common interests hmm. um your neighbors um so i think it's just it's it's great to be able to embrace that i think hmm. um and, and, and have that understanding of, of what's been before. Mm. Uh, from a New Zealand point of view, we're probably very lucky where we've been through exactly the same thing. Yeah. But we went through that, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago, mm. exactly the same thing. So, you know, it does take time. And you think we're just going through that now? Yes. Wow. Yes. So, a little bit behind here in Australia, a little yeah, bit backwards. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, it's a very different, you know, makeup with, with your states and it, mm. it's a massive, as we know, it's a massive country mm. and... Probably a lot easier to achieve in New Zealand because we're a lot smaller and, mm. and, and integrated a lot more. Um, but, but you know, by all means, when we look back to my grandmother's generation, mm. 
the same thing. They were they were not allowed to speak the Maori language. Yeah, wow. So a lot of those things were taken away. Um, so it's taken time for that to revive. I don't know if you've seen the indigenous map. There's like hundreds of Aboriginal states. Yeah, oh, okay. And different areas. Yeah, and I understand there's a lot of different languages just within the Aboriginal yeah. language, right? Yeah, whereas yeah. with the Maori language, there's mm. it's generally the same. Mm. Um, there's there's two or three different pronunciation uh, for certain things. But like I was saying Maori, and I don't know, is that an insult? Maori? No, no, no. no. Okay. Maori. That's Maori. Maori or Maori? Maori. Yeah. Right. Either okay. or's fine. Um, what, what, does Mike Tyson think he's a Maori? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Mike Tyson and his I think Mike, and his Maori Mike tattoos? Anything, the... <laughs> but but that's I guess that's where he he, he uh, is credited, you know, it from because um, traditionally the the Maori culture, yeah, the the men were all fully um, facially tattooed, yeah, um, but but it all had uh, significance. Hmm. So you were not just allowed to have a, a tamoko um, on your face; you had to earn it. You had to earn it, or you had to be a master of something. So that's why you'll find a lot of the patterns are different. He's a master boxer, I guess so. He can wear whatever he wants. That's what he deserves. <laughs> and what does what does a tattoo mean on your arm? Is that any significance there? Yeah, that's just just a family uh, a family one between me and my brother Jose. Yeah. Uh, so I've just got the one brother. So we obviously have a very uh, tight bond, mm. um, and we just wanted something to reflect our culture and mm. our closeness as brothers. Yeah, nice. And and he played for the All Blacks as well. How how big was that for you as a family having two boys who played for the All Blacks? Yeah, um, you didn't really think about it, but. But very very proud because uh, I, I I certainly played um, I'll take credit for playing a big part part in his um, development because mm. I'm six years older so there was quite a b- big gap there. Mm. Um, so you're a big mentor to him. Yeah, um, bully mentor. Just <laughs> take which one you want. Does that still happen? No, nah, not now. He's he's bigger than me, so <laughs> I got to be careful. Um, but no, just just his uh, he's very committed. You know, he was actually a basketballer. Hmm. So when he was 16, we had to make a decision, which way are you going to go? So managed oh. to convince him to, to play rugby. Okay. And glad I did. And what about you? Because you're a, a big uh, Oklahoma fan. Yeah. Well, we've got a, a Kiwi boy there hmm. um, and, and Adam. So Oklahoma City. Yeah. Okay. See, so we've got a... And, you know, as soon as you've got someone from New Zealand mm. representing our little country yeah, on, that take team. on that team. Oh, that's that's my team. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. so so that's great to, to, to have that there. Now that's pretty cool. I didn't know that about your brother. He was uh, a good basketballer. So um would he ever consider changing codes or is he gonna stick with rugby now? Yeah, no, nah, he's he's fully committed to rugby. Uh he's still a massive, you know, basketball fan mm. and and I know that even when he was a professional player in between seasons, he'd go and play like a little bit of rep stuff, mm. like just to Keep his hand in it, but did you ever contemplate changing codes to rugby league, and and how is that seen as an ex All Black to be changing codes? Is that just something you'd never do? Is that like an insult to your country? Um, it it, it had happened before. Hmm. Um, so a lot of guys that I looked up to, oh, there was guys like Matthew Ridge, I think Mark Ellis, Matthew Ridge, great manly player, yes, I'm Matthew manly, manly Ridge. fan, that's right, yeah. yeah. So he was an All Black, hmm. and then switched to NRL. Um, so from memory, he's probably one of the first to do it. Yeah, I used to play for Manly. Oh yeah. Well, I, I was the mascot. Yeah, <laughs> same, so it's, same it's thing. Just playing, like uh, playing along the sidelines. <laughs> As a, like literally, I was the first mascot wow. for the Manly Sea Eagles cool. back in the eighties. My dad was the ground announcer, Grant Goldman, for thirty wow, yeah, years. Yeah, awesome. My brother was the ball boy, and my sisters were in the cheer squad. I actually hosted the Manly Sea Eagles season launch. Not, yes, not that there really is a season this year, but nah. uh, only a, a couple of months ago. So um, it was I, it was the first team I ever saw live uh, as a young fella. They, oh, they really? came out to New Zealand, played Jeff Tuvey. Oh, wow. Cliffy Lions, yeah. loved it. 
That's, yeah, well, they were all there the other night. Yep. So, so who's your NRL team? <sighs> well, my my wife's first cousin married Corey Oates, hmm. so kind of support the Broncos. Yeah, right. Um, so I've got a, an interest there. Uh, my wife's family are from Townsville, so Cowboys country, so take a bit of an interest in the Cowboys. I don't really have one team, hmm. um, but I'll, I'll watch as much as I can. Yeah, right. Okay, so you, you're just you're playing it pretty. Uh, yeah, you're friends with lots of different players in well, different teams. It. You don't want to upset anyone, but yeah. we really know it's the Broncos, isn't it? Yeah, we'll take the Broncos. <laughs> have you uh, have you done the Bronco? You know, have you seen that that training thing that people are doing that's on social media at the moment? I haven't done it. Is it called a Bronco? Is that what they the call fitness it? test? Yeah, I've coached it, but I've never done it. Oh, so so you got to basically, if you don't know what this is, you've got to run twenty, you got to, and then you run forty, and then you run sixty. Yeah. Uh, up and back, and you have to do as many times as you can in five minutes. No, you've got to do five sets. Five sets, and then, then whatever it, oh, time you do it. In. Five sets and do it as quick as you can. Yep. And uh, and people are posting it in. in I think the, the best time is about four minutes twenty or yeah, something. Right. Yeah, yeah. So how yeah. fast do you think you could do it? Maybe oh. we put the call out now, and you, and you, we'll, we'll get a video of you doing it. I could have a crack. I've got I've got a bad knee. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were as fit as ever from <laughs> taking the isogenics. Yeah, I'd give it a crack, I suppose. It, um, yeah, tough test. Okay, Rico Gear, I challenge you. <laughs> I'm going to do it too. Oh, I've got to lose some weight. So then. Let's see how we go. Carrying too much. But uh, it's, it's, if you can get under five minutes, then mm. you're, you're traveling pretty well. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, yeah, wow. So that's generally a target uh, five-minute Bronco. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and get the five-minute Bronco happening. Five minutes would be good. And, and if you can do it, do the video and post it in the comments section. And yeah. if you can beat us, we'll give you a prize. <laughs> it's probably going to send me broke. So. <laughs> so how's your training schedule now? Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Mm. Um, Are you fit? Oh, I, I do look after myself. You know, mm. I, sort of, I was always one of those guys that when I finished playing rugby, uh, I didn't want to go go downhill too much and yeah. end up with the dead bod. And, mm. um, but again, old habits. So, you know, I, I was a professional for 17 years. Mm. So that's a long time in any profession. Um, so I guess that, you know, a part of that still, still carries on and, you know, generally keep fit uh, as much as I can. How do you go from earning hundreds of thousands of dollars as a professional sports player to the end of your career yep. thinking, okay, how am I going to pivot? How am I going to create something new? And, and what did you do? Yeah, I... Um, yeah, a, a, a challenging time for, for any pro athlete in any sport that's been in the game for that long. Um, and that's exactly right. You, you go from, you know, a really large income to, to just your normal, you know, salary that, that, you know, you expect when you get a job. Um, so I went straight and I was lucky I, I transitioned into a rugby uh, administration coaching job mm. uh, in my hometown. Um it was worth about 50 grand a year or whatever, yeah. but, you know, got a car. and There's a, money on the table. You're still well, getting invited exactly right. to big events and, you know, you, you, know? you probably still had a few little sponsorship deals on the side. Yeah, so the transition was was good good for me. It, it was still a shock to the system, hmm. um, but very fortunate that I had the opportunity to to move in and stay in that space of, of, of rugby and particularly in my hometown. 
Um, but I think, you know, through my whole career, I was very lucky I had a, a very good team, financial team around me. So mm. I was very wise with um, investments and property said, and all that. So do people help you uh, with that as a part of the All, Black, All Blacks training? Do they say, okay, uh, we're going to have a, another meeting with some financial professionals that will, will tell you how to plan ahead for the future? Yeah, o- over the years, you, you had different people come in and out. Mm. Um, but taking action, you know, is always different. A lot yeah. of boys wouldn't even do it. So, but I, I was lucky enough that I had uh, people outside of mm. of of that to uh, you know you know guide me uh, while I was playing, and which meant I could just concentrate on rugby and not worry too much about mm. you know the, the investments and all that sort of stuff. And do a lot of them just say, oh, you know, I'm going to be fine, and they they get this vibe that this this money is going to be there forever. Is that what happens to a lot of players? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially, um, y- you know, you, you're a young guy and you come into the game and all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of money and you hear it in the NF- NFL and stuff. And mm. if you've got no support or no direction in, in terms of where you want to do that and how you want to preserve and grow your wealth while you're still playing, it's just going to go out the window. Mm. You know, and I know a lot of our Māori and Pacific Island boys, a lot of us, um, you know, we, we give to family and churches and all that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, that's that's all very well. But I think the other half of it, you know, has never really been, uh, there hasn't been a lot of support in that area. Um, and I know it's probably a lot better today, mm. um, but I think there's still room for improvement. Mm. So speaking of money, uh, the state of rugby union around the world is in a bit of a mess right now. I mean, Australia wasn't going so well. It wasn't run very well before. They were almost going broke. And now I just heard a report the other day after they sacked their current CEO that this year, if they don't play, they stand to lose $120 million. Um, I've already heard reports of the All Blacks who are, aren't even planning an international season next year. They're planning a, a local domestic season. Uh, what have you heard and, and what do you think will happen in the future? I mean, it's, it seems like at this current point in time, I mean, especially New Zealand just announced COVID-19 is in the clear and they're going to start opening things up again. What do you think? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if you look at the product, Super Rugby, mm. you know, we've changed it a couple of times now from Super 18, Super 15, Super 12 when I was playing and... You know, I think it's lost its appeal uh, a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, whether that's got to do with broadcasting and everyone enjoying it from the comfort of home, mm. and I think that's had a part to play. Uh, so it certainly probably hasn't helped um, the game itself. But I think the product itself is probably getting a bit tiresome mm. with with viewers. Mm. Um, you know, seeing the same thing um, over and over again, and and I think with the with Europe and the professional game up there, it's probably diluted our competition a little bit. We see a lot of our top players moving up there to play. Yeah. Uh, so again, the product is just sort of, you know, it's not as appealing, I don't think. So do you, do you think that the uh, the super system is is basically draining the whole sport of cash? Yeah, it, I it think. It needs to be canned. Yeah, I think so. Well, there's got to be some sort of change, and, I, and, and maybe now's the opportunity for that. And like with the likes of New Zealand, looking at maybe a more of a domestic mm. competition. I know that Steve Hansen was pushing for more of a global season. Mm. Um where it's integrated a lot more for a certain part of the year, and then you come back to your domestic stuff. Uh, and I know that Australia Rugby are looking at um, integrating a club, semi-professional uh, club type system, mm. um, which which I think is probably going to be a better idea because it makes it more tribal. Mm. You know, you've got clubs throughout, particularly in Queensland where we are here, mm. you know, they've got a lot of history and a lot of yeah. support, and mm. you've grown up within the club, and if we can take that to the next level and just start there... Mm. I mean, that's going to be great for for Australia rugby, but yep. yeah, cool. Yep. So uh, you got some big plans ahead with uh, with coaching. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this because this is all pretty top secret, and I might be involved as well. Uh, you're going to be doing this incredible new app 
that is groundbreaking. It works with AI and it teaches people how to how to pass the ball better, how to kick the ball better, how to be an all-round better rugby player. You must be excited about this. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's it's very exciting. I mean, the the tool that's going to be available to you know to, to everyone aspiring to to participate in rugby to some to some you know um, to some form whether you're a beginner an intermediate or or even an expert there's going to be uh, uh, some really good coaching tips and and videos there and you're going to have the ability to upload your footage and it's going to be analyzed and um, it's going to help you improve you know with the AI so artificial intelligence it's it's really next level stuff and, and how will that work like it, it will be able to read how you're passing the ball and, yeah, and tell so, you what you're doing wrong. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's and, and if you're not quite getting it right, it's going to be able to, you know, basically coach you. Uh, and you're not going to basically be able to move on until you've got it right. So it's a really good like tool a vi- for Like a video game, but you're the character. That's it. And you've got to get to do it right to get to the next level. That's oh, it. Kids are going to love it. I mean, you train a lot of kids at the moment in your coaching yep. clinics. And uh, also, what's the school on the Gold Coast you teach at? TSS. TSS, that's yep. right. And and how are the uh, the teams going there you're coaching? Yeah, TSS, uh, you know, very, very proud, you know, rugby school. Um, it was great to be a part of that and, and seeing um, what the GPS competition's like in Queensland. Yeah. So that's our elite rugby competition for schoolboys here. Mm. Uh, and generally those boys will filter through to the Australian representative sides and then generally into the Reds. Yeah, wow. Um, some go on to Brumbies. And There's some good upcoming yeah. talent. You want to give them a shout out? Uh, <laughs> they don't deserve it. Oh, they've got to earn it. Still, it's still a bit. It's still a bit early oh, for come them. Come on, give a shout out to your students, will you? Oh, oh, there's too many. Um, they're, uh, they're all watching this. Say something to the TSS kids. Well, boys, I know that um, you've all been hanging out for the season, uh, like we all have. Um, so hopefully, it looks like July. You know, I think it's July. Might might be the opportunity for us to start. So you know, good luck for that, and, and we'll see you soon. Excellent. And how do you like working with uh, the youngsters and, and training them and, and showing them all your tips and things that you learnt over the years playing with the All Blacks and all over the world? Yeah, I mean, that, that age group, you know, that 16 to 18 sort of sort of age group, 15-year-olds, those boys are, you know, they're, they're developing as young men and, and they all have aspirations and they're all keen. So they're sponges, which is, and that's what you want as a coach. You know, it's great to be able to have guys that are, that are really serious about what they do. Hmm. Um, and then you get to see that on a sad day and you know, kick their ass or, or pat them on the back. <laughs> and do they ask you a lot of questions about playing for the All Blacks and do they get inspiration from that? Uh, yes, yeah, some of them do, but, you know, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say uh, overly uh, a lot. Mm. Um, just like anything, you get, you get a lot of boys that will ask questions mm. about how to get better. Some guys will just get on with it and, mm. you know, you've got to give them feedback. Mm. So, yeah. So your wife was a bit of a sports star in her own right. She yeah, a netballer? Yeah. Oh, basketballer. Yeah. She was a junior Australian um, schoolgirl netballer, and then she was a basketballer. So she, I think, she was one of the youngest to play in the women's is it NBL? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Women's NBL here. WNBL. She, WNBL. Yeah. Um, and then she spent four years at college in America. Uh, captain Boston College for a couple oh, of years. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So so she um, yeah had a, had a great experience there as a, as an elite basketballer and. Um, you know, loved it. And now she looks after your two little boys? Yeah, we've got a, a little girl and a little boy. Little girl and a little boy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So keep, keep, keep us busy. Not that I've seen photos and thought they were boys. I just knew you had two <laughs> kids. Yeah, cool, man. How's it going being a dad? Yeah, no, I have uh, absolutely love it. Um, 
you know, we've got, got a couple of good kids. My in-laws are, you know, based on the Gold Coast, so that's brought us out here and Excellent. Just, just enjoying it. Excellent. And uh, and she's doing a bit of work as well in um, in, in sports medicine or isogenics, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, isogenics. Yeah, right. So we have a, a you know, very good um, nutrition you know, plan for weight loss and athletes with performance. Mm. Uh, so we've certainly been, been a part of, uh, you know, the company for about five, six years and, and helping people with um, their fitness results and, and, and nutrition. Yeah, well, what is isogenics? I'm, I'm never, I've heard about it, but yep. I, I don't know anyone who's it's taken just, it. What does it do? Is it just is it like protein powder or what, what's the deal? Is it training programs? It's, uh, in itself, it's, it's, yeah, it's all your protein, it's all your vitamins, minerals, stress relief, energy shots, uh, fat burners, so everything just for your health and wellness. Um, there's a fasting component. Hmm. So intermittent fasting. Right. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've started that. that, doing that yep. uh, every now and again. Like I'll only do the intermittent fasting where yep. I, I don't eat from like midday until midday the next day. Yeah. And it, I actually feel like yep. it's cleansing out my body. I'm doing a little bit of research on it. I don't know a lot yep. about it. Yep. You know a lot about that kind of thing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's, that's um, and to me it just makes sense, you know, giving the digestive system a, a, a reset and rest. Hmm. Um but at the same time, cleaning out that, you know, the visceral fat is, is what the, the cleansing targets, mm. which is the, the dangerous fat that we don't see. Um, so, so cleansing is certainly an important part of, of the isogenics makeup. Does that come from, you know, thousands of years ago when we were hunter-gatherers, when we were hungry and our, our senses are becoming more alert because we have to go on the hunt for food and it's your body, you know, working at an optimal level to be able to, to exist and survive? Is that where the, the fasting idea comes from and how it works, do you think? I think that's an element of it, but I think actually the, the, the main part of it is, you know, back then we never had all these different toxins and mm. pesticides yeah. and we never had all these processed foods and so now we're exposed to all these different things you know all that stuff enters our body to some degree so mm. the cleansing and fasting to get the toxins out you know it makes sense mm. they throw some pretty wicked parties those isogenics people <laughs> was it like the, you were telling me a story maroon five played once yeah at we, one of their events and anthony robbins showed up yeah. what was the story yeah flow rider was the other one what? and i oh know it's crazy they you know they do it well um we had a, a big conference in Las Vegas, 16,000 people at the Isogenics 16, Conference. 16,000? I know, it was amazing. Whoa. You wouldn't think you could fit that many people in a conference yeah, room. Wow. But like America, they do everything oh, in, in size. So Caesar's Palace, I'm sure they've got a easy. conference room that big. That's exactly oh, right. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, so it's really she's cool. she's still going with that and it's going well? Yeah, so we've got a, we've got a nice um, you know, little business there set up and, and we help others build a business online. Mm. Uh, so that was probably the big appeal for me coming out of professional rugby mm. Uh, we jumped straight into to isogenics as well uh, oh, at the cool. time. Very low startup, you know, to get involved, mm. and and very low overheads, but un, 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 untapped potential in terms of uh, earning potential. Mm. So that was certainly appealing for me coming out of professional rugby. And how do people contact you guys if they want to get involved and they want to try it out? Yeah, just I mean we're on Instagram, um, Beck Gear, or you can you know private message me Rico Gear um, on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to you can flick you some info. Rico Gear, thank you for being on the show. It's been a great chat. Yes. I think we covered everything. Anything we haven't talked about here? Uh, I'm excited about the app. Yeah, I mean... Can't wait to see it. Just, uh, is, is they announced what it's going to be called yet, or is that all top secret? I think we'll keep it a secret. Oh, yeah, well, we'll you, you're going to be working with some of the biggest sports stars around the world, and yes. this training program is going to be incredible. Yes. And good luck with it, mate. No, we're looking forward to it, and hopefully uh, yeah, we can get that launched... Um, you know, soon. Legendary All Black Rico Gear, straight out of the Gold Coast and on the mic. Thanks, mate. Yep, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Good on you, dude.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 